Welcome to episode four of the Aluminium Podcast, Apple News with a British Accent, where every week I'll be joined by a different guest from the world of tech and beyond, bringing you the latest Apple and wider tech stories, as well as an insight into our guests and their stories in technology. And for our fourth episode, I'm delighted to welcome Mark Tech. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dave. I cave Dave, however you prefer. <laughs> go, go for whatever you want. I'll probably call you Mark throughout, so Dave is fine. <laughs> okay. Um, that works for me too. <laughs> yeah, so we've we've chatted on Twitter a little bit, or X, or you know, I don't think anyone actually calls it X in the real no. world, apart from maybe Elon, um, <laughs> who I'm sure insists on it from all of his employees. Um, but uh, we haven't we haven't spoken in reality until now, so it's it's great to have you on the show. Um, if you've watched any of our previous episodes, you will know or listened because uh, it's a podcast. I, I have. keep forgetting. Yeah that you can just listen to this stuff. Um, that's what podcasts are supposed to be for. <laughs> yeah, that's the original uh, purpose, kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we start off with a few like getting to know you questions. So these are uh, either ors, and if you if, if neither apply and there's something you want to take it in a different direction, feel free. So the first one is Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Actually, kind of hardcore. Like, I don't know okay. if you checked out my channel. I sometimes actually cover PlayStation. It's just those videos get like one-tenth the views of Apple stuff, if that. So, uh, yeah, but but PlayStation, yeah. No, I've absolutely checked out your channel. I was watching some stuff before we came on just so that I knew what kind of vibe we're feeling and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff as well. Um, but that's really cool. I will actually have to check out some of your PlayStation stuff because I've never been a console person. Mm. Um but next up, this one tends to be quite easy for most of my guests, Windows or Mac? Mac. Yeah. How long have you been a Mac user? Um, I got a late 2012, 27-inch iMac um, in early 2013. So it's now well over a decade. Mm, so it's pretty similar. Was that the last of the chunkies? With no, the, with the drive? it's it's the, the first thin one. Um, okay. The first with that laminated screen. It's mm -hmm. gorgeous. Like I spent an ungodly amount for a high school student on it. Like it was absolutely inexcusable on my part. <laughs> now that's that's a good spending though. Uh, I mean, yeah, because I'm guessing it it lasted pretty much most of that decade as well. Yeah, I got it with like the Fusion Drive, which had mm -hmm. like the SSD merged with the HDD, and that really really helped. I also updated like its RAM, which used to be possible at some point um and it really got uh, got me through until i got my m1 max 14 inch macbook pro perfect yeah i mean mine i've actually got my it's a 2013 which is just you can see just the hint of it up here um oh, yeah. and that was that got me through until the m1 mac mini um, yeah. So did pretty well, and that was. A there were early great devices, though. The iMacs really were the best balance, I believe, at that point in Apple's lineup. Oh yeah, especially with the with the displays on them, mm. uh, unbelievable value. Um, so next up, uh, Android or iOS? Again, I feel like I might know where you're going to go. Uh, it's iOS, but um, as some people on my channel might tell you, I am not against Android in like this kind of like fanboyish way. Usually when somebody comes to me and tells me, oh, I have only that kind of budget or I really have that special need for like site loading and stuff, I'm usually pretty open in recommending Android. And I've, I call it dual wielding, right? I've historically used two devices until I got my 13 Pro Max, which was way too large to have another device with it. Uh, <laughs> but with my 10s Max, I had like a Galaxy S9, and I really liked it. So you were carrying both on the daily? Mm -hmm. For oh, the most okay. part. With with separate numbers? Was it like one was a work phone? And um, um, uh, the Galaxy was just an internet contract. Um, I had like a great carrier deal where like separate devices that use like the same uh, data um, were like only like a once 15 euro payment or something. 
that's pretty awesome. I, I've yeah. not heard of that. That's kind of like, I guess, if you were splitting with an iPad uh, yeah, for which, data or something like I that. Which I still do, yeah. As cool. Well. Um, so, tea or coffee? If I have to, coffee, usually it's more a can of Coke for me. Okay. Like, that's how I get my coffee, which is usually also how I do my videos. It usually starts with me drinking, but I don't <laughs> have one right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the cans of Diet Coke. That's me. Mm. Um, YouTube or podcasts? Like, if you had to pick one and you could only do one for the rest of time. Ooh, for the rest of time. Well, that's different. I, 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 for the rest of time, I would probably say YouTube because just of the variety and I mean visuals and stuff. But actually, throughout my day, I probably listen more to podcasts, like well, doing home stuff, working out. Um, yeah, so um, kind of a split answer there. Sorry. <laughs> that's fair. I think I think that's okay. It gives you a bit of con uh, context. And so your current setup. I think you mentioned that you've got an M1 Max MacBook Pro. Um, what else are you uh, like using these days? What's your What's your phone? What's your kind of desk setup like? Um, I have an M1 iPad Pro, uh, the 12.9 inch version, which I usually always have by my side while I'm streaming. So I can also see like the live chat and stuff like that. I have my Blue Yeti microphone, nothing special, but it works for me. I've got like the MX Master, like a Mac specific mouse. Uh, my iPhone is a 15 Pro Max, um, the Titan Blue version, which I will maintain is the best one. <laughs> um, and yeah, then it's um, actually, I do love the earpods for uh, everything audio related, but I do have a pair of AirPods Pro 2. And then always on me is an Apple Watch Ultra 2. Uh, so you've gone for the big boy. So I'm, I'm still uh, like a, a traditional Apple Watch purist. Uh, so I've got the Series 7 right now is uh, is the one that I'm rocking. And I bought that actually once the 9 had come out and, and seen that there was really nothing new yeah. with the 8 or the 9 that I needed. So, uh, yeah, I think this was this was about 160 um, mm. used, which and it's in Midnight, and I really like the Midnight on it. It looks oh, really yeah. nice. Midnight is, like, really underrated. Like, they launched it uh, with Starlight, and I hate Starlight, mm. uh, but Midnight is, like, I, I don't know how you can launch, like, one perfect color and mm -hmm. one trash one simultaneously. Yes, Starlight was like if we did gold but left it in the wash. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good really... It's not really a color, is it? It's just slightly dirty silver. Yeah, it, it's 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 like it's um it's more like you had just some gold like sprinkles on on it, and, and it's like visually really confusing. Am mm. I looking at silver? Am I looking at gold? Like I really like the rose gold um, aluminum that Apple went for for a while. Obviously, it's not a very masculine color, so but uh, yeah, um, ideally, uh, like they would have kept something like that. I think. I'm not going to lie. I was about to ask you, like, if you could resurrect one of the colors from Apple's past, where would you go? Is it would it be that rose gold? Uh, to be honest, like maybe not for myself because I am so happy with like the Titan Blue right now. I uh, if I could, I would like do everything in that Titan Blue, including mm -hmm. like my iPad. But yeah, for like aesthetic purposes, it probably would be something like the rose gold. I I just think it showed like a level of playfulness that we don't always see with Apple. Yeah, I agree. I think um, that was really fun. I was really disappointed, I don't know about you, when the MacBook Airs did come out and we got Starlight and Midnight, which were, mm. like, the Midnight is great. That's what I've got in front of me. That's my daily driver is the M2 MacBook Air. Um, but 
I really was hoping that they were going to go bold with the colours and it was going to be more like what, what they've done with the IMAX and it was going to be like a riff on the old iBooks, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the clamshell ones, and they were going to play with those colours. But, yeah, sadly, we didn't get that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what, like, this trend to, like, increasingly, like, completely desaturated colors is all about. Like, I can see some of, like, the appeal. Maybe it reminds them a little bit of, like, the translucent old iMac or something. But if in most uh, pictures you can barely tell the color, then you're <laughs> probably doing something wrong. Uh, which, like, especially with, like, the yellow, like, glass on the iPhones currently, it's, like, in most pictures it's, like, it's white, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. And aluminum is, like, such a great metal for, like, vibrant colors, which mm. Apple has shown with, like, even with the iPods historically. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame that it's gotten mostly away from that. Yeah, and you can go, like, you can even go glossy with the anodizing on that sort of stuff as well, polish it afterwards. It looks really, really cool. Um, and they did it once. They did the iPhone 7 and the 7 Plus in that kind of piano black. I have jet that. black. Yeah, jet I, black, I had yeah. it, uh, and it went to my nephew, and then it came back in small pieces. Um, so yeah, it was. But it, that, I mean, that was one side moved on. I think I was like two generations further on from that. So it wasn't I actually still have my seven plus in jet black. Um, it actually went through family members as well, but it came back uh, in one piece, and I'm just keeping it as an artifact of just how gorgeous it is, and polishing it from time to time. Sometimes I'll post a picture on Twitter or X about yep. it. Uh, just to remember it it really was cool i mean it scratched like an mfr but it it, it worked <laughs> absolutely and just um how long have you actually been doing youtube because you're on like what 85k 83 subs so well you're you, you're way ahead of me i think that 2k doesn't really make too much difference at this no, point no um i just yeah. looked it up that's so, why i remember so so how long have you been going when did you start why did you start what's what's your plans uh, well, I guess I should um, say first, I'm a, a student at med school um, in my last year. So everything I'm doing right now is kind of on the side while I'm also preparing for like my final exams. So uh, that's why I've chosen like also the format that I'm going with because it doesn't take me like work to edit mm. and stuff like that. Uh, I also like just the thinking process that comes with a live stream. Usually I do smaller videos as well, but mostly live streams. Um, I started two years ago um, on this specific channel. I had like a channel like eight years ago or something like that. Um, and then I went mostly offline for like about half a year, nine months. And I actually looked it up before uh, coming on and... Um, about a year ago is when I really got into this. Like my iPad Pro M2 video was like the one where I thought, oh, maybe this could work. And then um, uh, when we uh, got the 2023 HomePod, which was, I believe, in January of last year, um, that's when I really thought, okay, this works. I got some engagement and it's really, really fun. Like I'm not doing this for money or anything. It's, it's, I just really enjoy it. And I love the people that I got to interact with, with on Twitter mostly. Um, but also obviously YouTube comments and stuff like that. And I get nice to, to meet nice people like you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, and talking about Twitter, like your uh, number of followers on Twitter does not, um, anywhere near kind of come close to the quality of the tweets that you're putting out so just thank you dump, dump your twitter account now so that everyone watching this can can follow it 
Um, it's uh, MarkTech1996, so like my channel plus the year I was born. Um, it's, yeah, it's 200 subscribers. Um, I, I should say that like I have 83,000 subs, but ironically, I'm uh, um, streaming from Germany, right? Um, I come from Eastern Europe, uh, from a country named Moldova, and I stream in English. And yet somehow I ended up with an audience that is primarily, okay, India, of course, an English speaking country, but it's like 40% of my audience. And then it's like Bangladesh and Pakistan. Like, wow. I have no idea. I have no historical or cultural connection to those areas. <laughs> I think this was just a fluke of the algorithm. And then it just kept recommending me there. And I think because uh, people in those regions are usually less active on Twitter than like Western mm. audiences. This is why like my following on YouTube does not translate whatsoever to stuff like Twitter. At least that's how I kind of suspected. This. That's really interesting. I mean, uh, I wonder if it's something to do with the time of day that you were doing the the streams mm. and that kind of thing and when they were most active that might make sense um but yeah really interesting and then of course as soon as you start doing that it's gonna kind of snowball because of that the people that are watching it now it's gonna be people that watch similar stuff that yeah. also then carry on watching yeah that's really weird like if that's the way that you start off <laughs> the it's almighty like, algorithm. well this is whatever uh, youtube's like this is what everyone wants from there it must be <laughs> yeah so crazy um interesting though uh, very, very cool. Um, mm -hmm. So the next thing on my little list here, um, Vision Pro, we're going to get into the news now, right? Mm -hmm. So the first uh, reviews are finally out. Uh, you know, real people using it in the real world. And by real people, I mean people like Marquez mm -hmm. and uh, Brian Tong. They're real people technically, but they're, you know, they, they have a little bit of a different take on the world to us because I don't think they have to think what a number means when they're purchasing things. Mm -hmm. um, Especially not Marquez. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so we've got the first reviews and they're kind of the, broadly positive, I would say. Mm -hmm. Twitter seems to have decided that the personas are awful, but I think they're drunk um agreed what's what's your take tell me uh well um i've watched like most of like the big stuff uh, when it comes to vision pro like the verge and marquez and brian tong and uh, a little bit of like i justine and stuff like that i usually prefer like stuff that goes into more detail i justine has like a more broader appeal not mm -hmm. nerds like me <laughs> um i think it's it's in some ways better like review than I thought it would be. I thought people would really get hung up on the cost. And I thought every review would be like, it's cool, but it's 3,500, right? Um, and it ended up more about it's cool, but do you want like goggles on your face all the time? Which I think is a more interesting and more like philosophical questions, which I'm glad that uh, the tech community kind of engaged with it. Um, to be honest, I'm more impressed by Vision Pro than, than I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, like, yeah, I'm a nerd. I know I would love an M3 chip and stuff like that in it, but it doesn't prevent it from feeling awesome and fluid in so many videos. And it has you can have like as many uh, windows around you um, as you want, which is ironic because it's based on iPadOS. Um, I uh, everything that I heard about uh, um, the screens is uh, amazing. The video pass through is like one of a kind mm. um and then even something like the way apple
Apple does like spatial audio with like who who else would think that you would need like basically little speakers right next to your ears. Everybody else forces you to put like earbuds in and Apple is like, nope, spatial audio right around you. Um, so I think it's actually really well thought out. I mean, it is 3,500 mm -hmm. and it is goggles on your face, but as somebody who has like a PSVR 2 for gaming, um, I would love to potentially replace that with um, uh, Vision Pro, though, of course, Apple's kind of gaming focus is not really the center point. I mean, it seems like Apple in general, and we'll come back to Apple gaming on the Mac, but they, they seem to really want to make that a thing all of a sudden, finally, yeah. uh, which is great. Uh, and I think once we do get to having M3 inside a Vision product, whatever that might be, I think we are going to have more of a gaming focus on it at that point because we will have the ray tracing and all that sort of stuff. Um, the the speaker stuff, um, I've actually got a Pico 4, which is um, mm. uh, it's Byte Dancer's headset, which is like, you know, the TikTok guys. Uh, and that has speakers as opposed to earphones. Oh, cool. Um, but I think what Apple has done with it, because they've got that spatial audio like down to a T, uh, one of the things that really impressed me was the idea that when you put um facetime going on with it when i mm -hmm. when i was looking at the facetime calls between marquez and i justine and brian mm -hmm. uh, brian tong they were saying like if you move those images in your space the people will be looking at you from there and if you look towards them it'll look towards them wherever they've put you in their space mm -hmm. and the audio changes and if you move it to being on the moon for when you're having your calls all of the echo disappears because there's nothing for the sound to bounce off. And it's like, that's such a level of attention to detail. Yeah. I don't uh, think anyone but Apple would ever bother with. No, but it, no, certainly it, not Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are the details that I'm really interested in. And I know we've seen like, uh, obviously Meta has had these kind of very flat kind of we person avatars. Uh, is it, what were they called? Um, oh. Wii emojis or whatever they're called for Nintendo, and then they've also had these like almost photorealistic versions, but which like... I believe was just like a post from Zuckerberg, right? It never yeah. materialized into that's, anything. That's my thinking because everyone kept going, "Oh yeah, but it looks incredible in this," and I was like, "Which of their products do you actually get that with?" Or was that <laughs> they did a call and then some people at Meta rendered it afterwards and published it? Like, yeah, they got like the Weta guys from like the yeah. giant CGI studios. To yeah, do down, down in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I I'm not convinced that at the moment anyone can do better than what Apple's done. And yes, there are some instantaneous screenshots that look kind of jank. However. When you see them chatting to each other, like I just think makeup looks a bit slightly sus, but they've got the um, they've got the right uh, expressions, they've got the right inflections. Brian Tong looks almost perfect. Yeah, um, absolutely. Youth was like Marquez. Uh, Marquez looks good, but Brian looked like picture perfect. Like he has like that stripe on his yep. hair, which is probably like the biggest giveaway that it's like not his real character because you can see some of the imperfections. It's a flat, but yeah, but for, from like the face perspective, like uh, like a low like light enough environment would probably look the same with like a not so great video camera. Yeah. So. I have nothing to complain. If I looked that way in Vision Pro, I would literally complain about nothing. I mean, Marquez was saying like that's like the killer feature at the moment for it. 
and that when when everyone else is whinging about it and marquez who has used literally everything else on the market yeah. and is like no this is ace like okay cool marquez <laughs> I'm, I'm with you and it's not like he was like super positive about everything in the video the personas on the outside of the uh vision pro yeah, that's something yeah. that he criticized yeah. everyone's kind of criticized that yes it looks a bit low res remember it's going through a lenticular lens which it's like looking through your iphone or, or through like a drop of water at a tv mm-hmm. you yes. will be able to see all of the pixels um but the idea is that it sets that image back in the goggle so that it looks like it's in the right place for your eyes it's never gonna look great but it gives you an idea and also, I think people wore it too high on their face. They wore it like up here, and then their eyes look like they're on their foreheads, and that's a bit strange. Yeah, I, I know that also from like PSVR too. The first time you really engage with like a VR headset seriously, like you don't know where to put it. Like you don't really like the weight on the nose, but it's technically the right thing to do. And I think a lot of them went about it this way. Also with like a lenticular screen, similar to how all 3d works you need like two eyes for it so whenever what like the verge did which i absolutely hated like i liked the review but i hated that part was like they took like regular pictures in it in like highly like reflective environments and from a weird angle so it has absolutely nothing to do with how your real eyes would perceive that feature in the real world um so i admit it's weird um i probably would prefer like a a couple hundred dollar price reduction over having eyesight i believe they call it Mm -hmm. um but um i think it's nowhere near as bad though as some make it out to be based on some uh, photos yeah no i i think that's the case and i think once people see it in the real world apple could potentially do some sort of software adjustment so that if you are wearing it slightly high up it adjusts that down slightly Mm -hmm. you know there's there's stuff like that that can be done in software and that's not going to be a huge um issue in the future i don't think but also i think it might be that that outer display becomes something slightly different in future where it's not necessarily reflecting your eyes as they are maybe you get the option of like cartoon eyes if you decide mm. you want to do that so it looks a bit less um yeah, i mean valid. apple has like memojis like they yeah they actually have like what facebook wants to have which is an actual fun cartoon representation of people um so they can easily play around with it and i believe whoever doesn't like personas can still just put a memoji face over them in, yeah in, like, FaceTime in facetime calls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that's probably the way that it's going to go in the end. I think it's like, okay, if we can't make it look perfectly natural on the outside, let's make it fun. So, you know, like with the Mickey Mouse watch face that you used to get on the Apple Watches, I think yeah, you can still get still it. There's still, there's still a bunch on, on there. Some Muppet stuff and all sorts now. Yeah, my, my nieces and nephew play around with them whenever I show them like my watch. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah. Um so I think I think it'll probably go that way. If if you don't like the the sort of naturalistic ish look, <laughs> go, yeah. go a bit more fun instead. That's that's fine. Um but are you once it comes out in our area, once mm. it lands in Europe and now the UK which are two separate things all of a sudden. Um unfortunately i I know (laughs) none of us wanted well i say none of us wanted it apparently 52 percent of them wanted it and then have changed their minds most of them um what can we do um but yeah once it arrives in our side of the world are you gonna throw down your cash 
Not on the first generation. Um, it has actually not as much to do with Apple Vision Pro itself, but more more with like my life situation in the next coming two years, where I anticipate a lot of work and stuff like that. So probably not what I want to do when I get home from like a stressful day at the clinic is put uh, a headset on. Um, also, I'm very, very happy with like my MacBook, which also costs like a lot and I'm still getting my use out of it. Um, also, I'm really eyeing potentially like spending way too much on an OLED iPad eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe not M3, but like M4 or something just so I can say I got like an extra year of my M1. Uh, but once we are like at, I, I assume we will probably skip like M3 for Vision Pro. Probably like M4 is when we'll see like the next version. Maybe if it's especially like a much more efficient chip, it probably also makes more sense. Um, Maybe at that point, I probably would. Also at that point, I would make money as a doctor, which is a lot more money than I make now, which is basically non-existent. (laughs) Studenting is not that lucrative, is it? Yeah, no. (laughs) It's not. I know in the past, uh, and this has been sort of featured on some of the uh, TV shows in the States, things like The Resident, um, Microsoft HoloLens has been used mm-hmm. in like surgery and things like that, where it gives you a kind of um, AR view of what you're doing. Is that a thing that happens in the real world? Is that something you've encountered? I don't know if you're like looking at surgery or if you're, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, technically, I believe it is somewhere, but it's it really often feels like show-offy. I believe the most common use case for HoloLens became like training for U.S. soldiers, didn't okay. it? Um, and then when it comes to medicine, um, I also have like a big handicap in that way, which is I live in Germany, which is notoriously conservative when it comes to adopting technology anywhere. We switched to like digital patient like folders only a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like fully. So don't expect HoloLenses on us anytime soon. <laughs> Not super quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone walking around in them like cyborgs. Mm. Um, just Neuralink, just straight, you know, attached directly to the patient databases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if everything I want to do is like play ping pong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you you mentioned the iPad with OLED that's coming. It looks like that's going to be super expensive like is that a value to you like i know you were saying that you've got a 12.9 inch m1 ipad pro so uh how have you found that because i know a lot of people have been very much like m1 the m series chips are too much for an ipad i don't believe that because obviously the, the a12x a12z is the precursor to the m series chips um but how much additional value have you got from having an m series ipad compared to if you had for example what i use is the a14 ipad air um i i think it's important i give some context to my like relationship with ipad in general because um it's probably not a relationship that most people would share um which is um i i started with the original ipad right um basically got it because i was really into apple in the early days my the iphone 3gs was like my first phone and then i got like the ipad 2 which was like so fast so fun iPad Air next, um, so I waited a little bit. And then I got the 12.9-inch first iPad Pro, right? The A9X mm-hmm. version. And that became actually my main computer for the most part. I used, like, my Mac for, like, 
printing documents and stuff like that because the iPad at that time was not that good at that. Um, so by the time I updated to the M1 version, I really was just looking for the largest iPad with the nicest possible screen and with enough performance to also last, uh, to also last me several years, just my, like my A9X uh, iPad Pro did. <laughs> and so in that way, it's like fast. It powers like the 120 hertz display. It has eight gigs of RAM. I did not spring for like the one terabyte version. Um, and it's, it's perfect basically for everything I do. Sure, a lot of what I do, it might be watching YouTube videos, but at least thanks to mini led which at, the, <laughs> at this point still is exclusive to the 13 inch ipad uh like at least there are no like grayish bezels it's all black unless it, we are talking about blooming which is a different issue but i also have edited videos on my ipad i do like all my thumbnails on my ipad with pixel major mm -hmm. uh with the apple pencil which i know of course that would still work on like the older ipads uh, uh ipad pros but yeah i got a ton of value especially of my like my previous ipad pro like five years for me is like a super long period of time with one piece of technology usually yeah i mean i i picked up the a14 ipad air in 2020 when it came out so on release that was kind of the first year of this channel existing sort of thing oh. so so that's why i was sort of pushing to try and do a bunch of stuff so i got the a what was it the iphone 12 pro max which mm -hmm. is what became the camera for the channel uh, i ended up getting the uh the mac mini with m1 which came out the same year uh, although i got it just into the following year i think it was in january um my wife got a, a macbook air m1 like on release day mm. um because she'd been well she wanted a new macbook air because she was about to study she's actually a nurse as well so, <laughs> so, so she's also in in um medicine but she she got that i unboxed that on the release day and got to play with all of that fun stuff which was great she's still using that absolutely fine no problems at all with the base like macbook air um and yeah like uh, so 2020 was a great year for me in terms of sort of new tech uh, i think i got the apple watch se as well when that first came out mm. um which i think was the same time so like i absolutely splashed out that year um but yeah i mean since then i haven't felt the need like i never felt the need to upgrade the mac mini m1 I never felt the need to really upgrade the Apple Watch uh, SE, the original one either. I just managed to find this one. Yeah, the, it does have great seven deals. Sheet. So, mm. um, and it means it's got all of those extra health features. So it has got the ECG, AKG. Mm -hmm. I can never... I, I believe in English it would be ECG, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, the blood oxygen, which, you know, we've still got that. Um, we are rebels. <laughs> yeah, we, we can never fix it, but we've got it. Um, and, uh, you know, all of that stuff, um, which is great. It's it's good to have those extra features. But I also kept my SE, which is my nighttime watch. So oh. while this one charges, I then switch over. The Apple Watch um, sort of communicates with the iPhone. And it means that you've got 24-hour monitoring of stuff, which is quite nice. Um I'm sure there was a reason I was talking about all this stuff, but I've completely forgotten what it might have been. Uh, it was in the context of like my iPad Pro it like, was. story. Yeah, we were talking about the iPads. And I I definitely edited some videos on the iPad Air. Um, I used, uh, what's the one that we used on it? It's not Final Cut. It is... LumaFusion? That's the fella. Thank you very much. I'm so glad that you're here. Because um, <laughs> otherwise, this would have been a really dull podcast. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, LumaFusion is great. Absolutely fantastic bit of yeah. kit. And I've used it on the iPhone as well. And it's it's a very, very capable piece of software. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it works like great with multi-touch and Apple Pencil. It's it's like it really feels like a proper iPad app, which like Final Cut also does now. Mm-hmm. Um it's adding which uh, the unfortunate part for Final Cut is like its monetization, right? Which usually if you want if you pay like a subscription, you expect it to be like more desktop level. But yeah. Apple also really put in the work to make it a proper tablet app. And as somebody who is pretty impartial to tablets and i like the form factor i like using something with just the fingers and the apple pencil um, i'm really grateful for all that which mm. i know many in the community are not right there's often this meme like just bring macOS to the m series ipads it's like mm. no, no no it will kill all what we've built it's okay i i don't want to get angry <laughs> that's okay do you do you use your ipad pro though do you have the magic trackpad and keyboard um i i have the logitech um, okay. attachment which i wanted because at first i did not know like um how protective like the magic keyboard was and also like it has like um uh, just to stand. stand yeah unfortunately and i've tried to clear this up with logitech and i've heard this from like dozens of people at this point it's like it's falling apart in this specific wow. area right around the speakers and I, I i told them look my keyboard and my trackpad portion is absolutely fine can i please just get another case right 50 bucks whatever mm-hmm. and they're like no we only sell it as a 150 euro combo and i'm like yeah go yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would at that point be just clipping those pieces off. Yeah, yeah. I I, 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 I thought so. Uh, I, um, my my cat actually bit through like one side, <laughs> so that happened uh, recently. So I will probably like clean that up. Yeah. Yeah, just clip it off. Get rid of it. Like it's fine. If it, it does, it fold flat so that it covers. Yeah, the, it does. It, it's actually like it's, it, be okay. it, it's it's pretty much as good as like it's actually better in many ways than like uh, the surface hinge mm-hmm. in that way. Um, it's also like protective, which adds to it. Yeah, if it wasn't for like the literal like falling apart at the literal seams, it would actually <laughs> be really cool. <laughs> so it's just like. Uh, you know, in terms of the uh, the actual functionality, it's really, really good. It's just mm-hmm. the build quality ar- around those areas. Yeah, exactly. And I've heard Ooh. that from, like, so many people at that point. And, I mean, it saves you, like, l- a lot of money over the Magic Keyboard. And in many ways, it is more versatile because mm-hmm. you can disconnect the keyboard portion and just use it as a case with a stand. But, yeah, probably for next gen, I would go with, like, whatever is the redesigned Magic Keyboard. Like, we've heard so much and yet so little from Mark Gurman about this. Um, Mm. So I'm very curious what that will end up being. Yeah, we keep hearing it's coming and then nothing Mm. about it at all, really. Um, What what is it that makes you think to yourself, yes, I want to spend the extra money on that? Or do you think that this is, because, I mean, something that I've suggested in the past is, Perhaps with that price increase, maybe Apple's going to include the Magic Keyboard for the pros. Um, I, I I think I have that, like, um, not as my pinned tweet anymore, but it is in my timeline. I've actually speculated and, like, bet some of my honor on it that that price increase rumor that we had seen was so early. The initial one is actually from, like, last 
October or something, and then it was like regurgitated a little later on. Um, I don't actually believe it because Apple is known for like high prices. I don't deny that. But Apple is also known to be really, really smart about gradual price increases or upselling people on by, for example, really cheaping out on like base storage, right? Um, I, I don't see like a 70% increase to the base price happening. I, I just don't see what would justify it. I mean, will they give us like one terabyte by default? Why? Like even I, as a very heavy user, barely fill out my 256 gigabytes on my iPad Pro. Uh, giving us an accessory in the box, I mean, that only prevents them from making extra revenue afterwards. Same with like the Apple Pencil, which is why they historically have refused to bundle stuff like this in. Um, I, I do believe we'll see a price increase, like that double-stacked OLED just sounds really expensive. I also believe we'll probably jump from 128 to 256 as base storage, which also makes sense. So I could kind of see like a 300 bucks price increase right a hundred dollars to match like the 256 version and 200 more for um for the better screen yeah i mean we've seen definitely with uh the macbook air when that got redesigned went from the m1 to the m2 designs i think it was 200 dollar mm-hmm. increase at that point uh you were getting a slightly bigger screen you were getting the m2 you were getting the redesign um and it was kind of a a fully new style of display and i suppose you got um MagSafe as well. That was something else. Yep. And a couple of hundred for that. And then it came down a hundred when the 15 inch came out. Exactly. So yeah, that kind of makes sense. I can't see it being more than $200 as an increase for a, for a redesign with a screen tech. I also think people just underestimate like mini LED was really expensive when it originally came out and it was like in really short supply and Apple was like notorious for using like the highest density mini LED screen on the market. It's only getting sort of matched right now and it's still pretty much unbeaten in that regard. Um, So I think people just don't understand that it might be like three, four, five times more expensive like the OLED will be than a standard 120 hertz LCD screen, but it probably will be like twice as expensive as like mini LED, especially in the long run, because I believe Apple will like use that OLED tech for years and years. So there is some like logistical benefit in the long run as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think uh, this is one of the other things with vision. I think people completely underestimate how much it costs to build that thing yeah because those displays i don't think there's anything that's even close to comparable on the market to have more than 4k per eye in a display that's like an inch across you know <laughs> yeah 500 uh, nits of brightness yeah I, I, I just wonder what's up with like i i don't know like often rumors that we like take for granted uh, t- turn out to not be that true like we have heard like the predictions that they will produce like 500 to 600 thousand vision pros uh, and that sony apparently like refuses to make more micro oled panels mm. uh, than that i i just don't know like is apple asking that cheap of a price from them that they are saying no we don't 
don't want to because that's like a, like a really good business deal for them in the long run um so i don't know like i i know it's expensive i know that also apple probably wants to use like the limited supply to like get as much back for the incredibly expensive research and development period for it um and i mean even right now right we will uh, getting vision os 2 right at dub dub um there's a lot that apple will still be putting into it like partnerships with like third-party developers apple usually pays those to like Mm -hmm. make ports when a product originally comes out so uh, there's a lot of expense there i probably would have liked to have just one version maybe like one terabyte and it is like 3600 whatever because the storage doesn't cost apple much Mm -hmm. but uh, i don't like logistical complexity in that way which tim cook is usually known to be like the logistics guru um and i i just would feel a little like cheated if i got like a vision pro i thought like okay 256 is enough now it's like with the Mac, you can like connect external storage, even with iPads and iPhones these days. With Vision Pro, that really won't be an option. So um, yeah, just that is where I complain about value. But 3500 overall, given how game-changing it is in terms of hardware, I really don't complain about that. No, I, th- I think you're on the right tracks there. I think in terms of the additional storage, we just still have no idea, like is 256 far too much or mm-hmm. nowhere near enough like we we don't know what size uh, a spatial video is going to be in terms of um you know movie files because they're going to be 4k and potentially 3d yeah but most of it you're going to stream but if mm-hmm. you're on an aircraft or something like that then you're going to want to save it uh, like um and in terms of i know we've spoken a little bit about ipads um, in terms of this year's releases, when do you see the first Apple event coming this year? What are we going to get then? And how is the year going to kind of pan out for us? Um, well, if I believe like our like tech Jesus in that way, like Mark Gurman. Mark Gurman. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, he needs it, a better beard. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I usually don't prefer clean shaven as well, but yeah, I, it gives the effect. I know, like Mark, I sympathize with you, believe me. Uh, but um, he alluded to it being like late March, right? Mm-hmm. When we're probably getting like a bigger M3 like lineup and like M- uh, MacBook Airs maybe something in like the Mac mini space um, because there is now this disconnect between like the MacBook Pro and basically everything else. The Mac Studio is M2 based. The Mac Pro at $7,000 is technically an M2 generation device. Um, Pretty close to the M3 Max, I think as well in terms of performance. Yeah, exactly. Like especially like CPU, absolutely. And um, that's probably when we are seeing the iPad Pro as well um which is much earlier than i expected like every rumor about like the double stacked oled was sounded like so like high tech future right it sounded like it was maybe like till the end of the year or the very earliest like dub dub and um yeah so apparently we are getting like m3 ipad pro and m3 macbook air late march i actually would believe it simply because apple likes to have like for for the summer like at least something new in terms of hardware 
Um, I don't know about other iPads. Uh, for some reason, like a 16 iPad mini is more difficult for Apple to produce than OLED iPad Pro. I have no idea what's happening there, why this isn't getting an update at this point, this minute. <laughs> yeah, iPad mini is the one that I want, to be completely mm. honest, because I've never felt, uh, other than things like, um, what's the uh, uh, stage manager? Mm. Like, that's the one thing that I'm like, but why can't I have that on my iPad Air? And the same with, you know, things like Final Cut. But I don't think I'd use Final Cut that much on the iPad. Also, my son has stolen my iPad Air pretty much any time that he's in the house. I don't have access to that anymore yeah. um, unless he's asleep. So <laughs> that's quite annoying. But I'm thinking iPad Mini what might be quite nice because I can throw it in my bag. I can take it with me. I can use it for work. Um, as well as kind of content consumption in the, like in the mornings i really like to just watch youtube while i make breakfast for the kids and get everyone ready for stuff like the ipad is such a nice device for that mm-hmm. it's such a, a, a like a convenience thing like i can do it on my phone but it's too small and like it doesn't really stand up you can't put it i've got little um like picture shelves in the kitchen where i can just kind of pop it and oh, yeah. it's nice mm-hmm. um i don't want to have a tv in the kitchen but no. I like to have a, a screen that I can take in there, uh, and there's the, there's a HomePod in there that I can AirPlay the audio to, and yeah, it's nice. Um, so yeah, I really want iPad Mini. That's that's the one thing I want to buy this year, I think. Other than obviously, I'll be getting the iPhone 16 Pro, probably Max, because it sounds like the camera is going to get so much nicer. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's my main camera for everything. Like this is this is iPhone 14 Pro hmm. right now, and it does okay. It justifies the expense, I think, in the yeah. long run. If you keep it for two or at this point, I think even three years, it's not really like a trade-off that much. Like uh, even as like a tech nerd, uh, it's still good enough for the most. Unless there's like a big redesign in the meantime and you still want everybody to know you have the latest and greatest. Of course. Um, would you be satisfied if we just get like an A16 iPad mini, but like with the same probably not jelly scroll issue iPad screen or would you want something like an OLED iPad mini? I don't give a crap about OLED. Um, I don't give a crap about non-laminated screens. I Mm -hmm. am an absolute heretic when it comes to this sort of stuff. iPad mini is laminated though. It is. It is right now. Uh, I don't care about high refresh rate. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I maybe. Oh, I yeah, would. we had that talk on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I remember. Maybe now. I would on a larger iPad. Yes, absolutely. But, but on an iPhone, it makes zero difference. I can't see it. It doesn't matter to me. I use a 12 and a 14 Pro next to each other every mm-hmm. day. I could not tell you other than the notch which is which. It doesn't. <laughs> it makes no difference to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I don't care about the jelly scroll thing. I have a feeling as long as I don't generally use my phone uh to film my ipad in slow motion i probably won't notice that either because that seems to be the only situation yeah, yeah. Uh, i've checked out tell. ipad mini at apple stores i never it like, looks lovely yeah it, it beyond it being 60 hertz which yes i do notice but it's not trash like some yeah. pretend it is like i never see a difference between it and like an ipad air in that regard Absolutely. And like, I think things like the iPhone XR, when that came out, and it was like 720p-ish. Which it really wasn't. You. It was like an 800-something yeah, exactly. piece screen that was quite, very tall. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't quite 1080p. Okay. Mm. Nobody, nobody that's buying it cares. Yeah. No. It, does it really, look nice? Yes. Does it look nearly as good as the OLED ones? Yes. 
Yeah, it's fine. But it's absolutely I, fine. My problem with like the 10R and 11 really were the thick, chunky bezels because it mm -hmm. really felt like this was a little bit of the betrayal of like the iPhone 10 design because it felt like so smooth and like the screen was almost flowing out uh, uh, out the front without being the trash curved android screens we used to get um and then the 10r was just so noticeably it's just a thick bezel and uh but yeah with the screen i never really had an issue like of course i got used to like oled since the 10s i actually skipped the iphone 10 because i was like used to the plus models and the 10 mm -hmm. was like technically not a plus model yeah um but yeah i i never had to uh, in fact um i've said that and i've been crucified for it in the tech community i've said that i do prefer the color reproduction on like lcd or mini led screens it's just i prefer oled for uh, the black levels and the pixel response time whenever i'm doing something remotely gaming stuff yeah no i mean i i, I completely agree i think the the 10R was a great phone, and I think if there's any betrayal, it's Apple going to the iPhone 8 design when they did the SEs mm -hmm. yeah. going forward after that. It should have easily been the 10R design. That yeah, just been... like, it, it wasn't that much more expensive for them to produce. Like, uh, it, it was an LCD with like that those cutoffs to make it curved, but it doesn't really add that much cost in the long run. So with one camera, a slightly older chip, like what was yeah. really the problem? Yeah. Just makes the most sense, I think. And I, I, I think we're hearing now that the, the next SE, which I guess is due this year, because we're kind of, it's been a couple of years, right? Yeah, um, and um, I think DEU will be like an issue, right? Because by that point, Lightning will have to exit the lineup. So um, probably by fall, Apple would want like a mid-tier device that is USB-C and new. I have a feeling, though, that actually if the product has been released already, it's okay to keep selling it with interesting something I... that's not USB-C, I think. Which is I, why, I should probably check the law. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but that's my interpretation of what I've heard. Mm. Um, which means that, in fact, Apple could probably keep selling keyboards, trackpads, etc. with iMacs if they're included that mm -hmm. don't have USB-C. Uh, but maybe if they sell them individually, they would need to. I don't know. It's like it's yeah. very complicated uh, and dull. Um, like I, um, I've covered like all DEU stuff over time on my channel the USB-C one is where I always say I completely disagree with like the nature of the law because I also don't believe in like the waste argument because mm -hmm. like you get a cable anyway I, I personally would love uh, just a box without anything just the, the new device right but like I'm one of those hedons who supported Apple in removing the charge and everything mm -hmm. but like um, me too <laughs> yeah, uh, I never understood that argument from DEU that like one standard, if Apple was like a niche company, right, and they were like producing weird cables, I could get that. But because there are so many tens of millions of Apple users, a lightning cable will either find a home or it will end on the land uh, uh, in the garbage, just as a USB-C cable would. Like, yeah. doesn't really matter. Um, and then I've also covered like the newest EU legislation about Apple, which I've also not supported while it was written. Now I'm not 
that happy with how Apple is trying to circumvent it. So it's really complicated legal stuff, which I personally would prefer to avoid. My parents are lawyers. I leave it to them. It's mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea. Even though I like legal and political stuff, it's not really something I want to do on the channel too much. Yeah, I would say on the um, on the sort of alternative app store stuff. If anyone's making a free app, just use Apple's App Store anyway, because it makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, use the advertising stuff, and that's absolutely fine. You're not going to have any worries. Uh, with the with the paid stuff, and obviously Epic, obviously, is the, the big uh, starter of this. It's their own fault. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the amount of money that they would have they, to pay They're Apple. also, like, the worst speaker, I think, for this issue. Like, Spotify is okay. I don't like their app much. Um, like, they don't lo- really go with the time in terms of audio quality and stuff like that. But I can see why they would, like, want to pay a lower commission. Okay, they don't make a profit anyway. Uh, uh, but, like, Epic and, like, Tim Sweeney is, like, so notoriously up his own ass. <laughs> like, uh, I actually had a Twitter account before this one, which is why this one is pretty small. I, like, resurrected it a year ago my last one got hacked um and was decently big actually at that point um and tim sweeney was actually following me for some reason wow. he saw me posting something that i believe was like vaguely like pro like the law and he seemed to write it uh, to like like it so much he engaged with me regularly and then we actually like had t- talks right back and forth where I actually told my opinion, where I said, look, uh, why are you ex- uh, accepting this on console, but you're not fine with this on iPhone? And he like used the same thing. Well, consoles are making a loss. iPhones are sold at a profit, which is not true. Nintendo makes a profit with Switch sales. Sony makes usually money after a year or two with PlayStation sales. So... um I, I just dislike Tim Sweeney, even though I think sometimes he can make good arguments. I don't like them coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing is, as well, like if you've built a company that can support you making money from your hardware and an app store, well done. Well done. Yeah. You've done a great job. That's what business is called. Uh, it's not a case of like you get the choice of I can make money from software or I can make money from hardware, which is kind of what like Microsoft in the past has done. Obviously, now they make. Um, surfaces and the weird duo thing that nobody wanted. But then they forget about them anyway. Exactly. Um, But like, you know, you don't have to pick one or the other. If you can make something that people want enough that they will pay a decent price for your hardware, which is really, that's what Apple has done. The the difference is Apple stuff is nice enough that people will pay for it. But that's their argument is like, oh, but, but they make money on it. Yes, it's a business. Yeah, like if Spotify is not making biz, uh, not making money, okay, quit. <laughs> like if you can't run a business properly, that's okay. I mean, just they are quitting else. so much. Like with the podcast, I believe they just canceled every exclusive except Joe Rogan. Like everything else is now going to Apple Podcasts and stuff. Uh, and Joe Rogan is now the only Spotify mm. exclusive. Which and like, why even have exclusives at that point? It's like if Apple TV Plus put all its content, like, well, you didn't make money. Now go out of business. Yeah, yeah. Apple Apple puts everything apart from Ted Lasso on oh, yeah. every other streaming. <laughs> yeah, service. exactly. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I tell you what, the one thing I'm really excited for is they've just started filming the second series of Shrinking mm-hmm. for Apple TV Plus, and oh my god, that's my favorite favorite show on Apple TV. 
Oh, really? Uh, well, then I have two questions for okay. you. First is Severance, worse than Shrinking in your mind? I've watched most of it, not all of it yet. And it's it's good, but I'm a huge Bill Lawrence fan because I, I loved Scrubs. Okay, quite. yeah. So yeah, that's, makes sense. I think, why I really like And Zach Braff from Scrubs is actually uh, directing the first... Uh, no, really? Episodes three and four of the next series of uh, Shrinking. And he did episode two, I think, of the first season. Oh, well. And then the second one would be, have you checked out Silo on Apple TV Plus? I haven't watched Silo yet. It's I'm, amazing. That's, huge... that's the one I always recommend. Yeah, like I'm a huge space nerd. So I really enjoyed like um, For All Mankind. That's that's that's, awesome. that's yeah. my jam. Uh, but Silo, I haven't had time to watch yet. And uh, yeah, cool. I always like to get uh, recommendations from people as well. Yeah, I, I, I've recently had that like with interactions with people where like, mm -hmm. you know, like how Apple is usually like meme to death, right? Where it's like everything Apple does gets like stuck into a certain level, right? People believe Siri can barely recognize your voice, which <laughs> if you actually see like more scientific tests, yeah, Siri can be dumb as Beep. but in actual recognizing your voice she's actually really really good especially if you mm. talk to her for like a week or something and with apple tv plus i people think that it still has like literally zero content on it and i'm like no it literally had the best show in my mind of 2023 which was silo for me and it had the best show of 2022 for me which was severance and i everybody who i showed those shows to was like yeah, is that their second season? Is there a third season? I'm like, yeah, it's not Netflix. But, uh, you can relax. They didn't cancel it five seconds yeah. after releasing it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like, Apple does not get enough respect, I think, for Apple TV Plus or Apple Arcade, which yeah. uh, I have two nieces. Also really good. And they, like, only play Apple Arcade stuff. It has no ads. It has no bad stuff on it or anything. In our um, purchases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, then Apple does not get actually enough memed on for Apple News Plus, which never really went anyway. And it's a like, bit nothing. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely think like Apple TV Plus, the one thing that they've not done is put out anything that's crap. Yeah. Like, that You can watch anything on that service and it's good. Yeah. Like there's nothing to avoid as such. But uh, yeah, there's there's also like just so many hidden gems. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up, my friend. Yeah. Will you tell all of the thousands of people who are listening uh, right now, uh, pr probably about 20, 25, yeah. it's quite new. Um, but yeah, can you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, whether that's uh, the socials, YouTube, etc.? Um, you can find me at MarkTech right here on YouTube. I usually do live streams, but I also do some uh, shorter uh, content. So if you go to my channel, please also click on the live section because you will be surprised how little content otherwise YouTube shows, which is another <laughs> a can mm -hmm. of worms, unfortunately. And on Twitter, you can find me at MarkTech1996. I believe that's also my handle on uh, threads which I joined for like a week and really enjoyed, but apparently nobody else did. So um, it's Twitter and YouTube for me. <laughs> 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to join us um, from overseas. Uh, our first, yeah, technically overseas. <laughs> our first European international guest. Nice. Obviously, we had John Prosser on last week, which was really mm. cool. Um, and we've got some great guests coming up in future. So uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Aluminium Podcast, Apple News with a British accent and some other European and maybe American accents, depending on who else comes on the show with me. It's it's good fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Thank you for having me. A complete revolution. We figured out a way. We machine all of the surfaces to create something that's that's genuinely new. You have to to start again. Aluminium.